more than 90% of foreigners speaking China speak zero Chinese. Not basic Chinese, zero Chinese. When you're doing bad, you're on a cruise control. Exactly, I, I'm, I'm working now. Very old father of the owner, he shouts from behind and he is like, the cucumbers are fresh today. <laughs> Welcome to Scholar Podcast. This is Alessia, your producer, and I have to say it feels a little bit strange saying this half a year since we've posted our last episode. It happens to be also exactly the same amount of time, actually, that I had to spend in strict quarantine on the campus of my university, but I'm finally free. Uh, for those of you following Scholar updates, uh, you might know that since March we've switched to the video format and are publishing our talks on our YouTube channel. And you can find it by typing Scholar Academy in the YouTube search bar. But I'll also leave the link below this episode. Go check it out, we have some really cool stuff there, especially on the topic of education technology. We've talked to Alibaba a couple of times and to some entrepreneurs involved in this sector in Uzbekistan. But you will also find talks on some other interesting topics like how COVID-19 affected Russia's real estate business and restaurant industry in China. And much more, of course. The episode you are listening to right now is our recent talk with Ilya Cheremnik, a Russian-Israeli who established a Chinese-language school called Culture Yard in Beijing. And over the past 11 years, since starting his business, Ilya went through, well, a lot. And I'm sure you'll enjoy listening to his story as much as me and Alim did talking to him about it. This conversation is also available in the video format on our YouTube channel, Scholar Academy. If you like it, please give us a thumbs up, subscribe and Send us your thoughts too. I can't stress just how much it helps us in improving the content. Enjoy the talk and see you very soon. Ilya, where are we? We are in Culture Yard, in the center of Beijing, in the middle of the Beijing Hutongs. Mm. Uh, Culture Yard is a language school, a Chinese language school and at the same time, a Chinese cultural center. Basically, what we used to do before Corona, we organized different events, lectures, Chinese film screenings, and Chinese language classes. Right. That a big part of them is also, uh, the classes are very practical. So we, we mostly teach people around different topics that can help their daily life, and as well for the HSK exam. Nowadays, most of our classes are online because that's where Corona has brought us. Now we're doing kind of a bit of a similar thing where we teach in groups, people from all around the world in an online live setting. Why Hutong? Hutong, for me, this is kind of the historic center of Beijing, of the capital of China. And if you look up until 50, 60 years ago, like this is what Beijing used to be. And it still preserved a lot of that feeling, a lot of that culture. I also really like the feeling that it's still low rises. There's a lot of like historical places, there's a lot of uh, old Beijingers who live here. When you are based kind of in this environment, you don't feel kind of this new modern side of Beijing. You're still connected kind of to the roots of the capital. You, are, you can see kind of the old people still living the lives like they used to, you know, have little little markets or people growing their pigeons and that's a bit part of a big part of the experience mm -hmm. of like living here or studying here or being in this area is kind of absorbing and being kind of part of this right. historical part of the city. Now uh, when you have offline classes do you have sessions with your students where you go out and talk to the locals here? So we have a part of our course which is called survival Chinese. Okay. So when we do it uh, here 
when we do it offline, we have like a few different modules where we study in the classroom and then we go out. So there is one, for example, when we teach people how to shop and bargain and then we go to like local vegetable markets right. and we talk to the people and they practice their Chinese and we have another module where it's uh, ordering food in a restaurant. And then also we go like to local Hutong restaurant and then, right. you know, we go and we talk to the people on the roads and we also go to the restaurant and students are trying to order food. So it's kind of, we're trying to build it in, kind of in the experience. So you have had this business for, what, 10 years now? Yeah, a bit over 10 years. So for 10 years, uh, what was the most surprising student that you've had here that came with zero Chinese and now you see that person doing what? With so, regard to the Chinese language. So I can give you maybe two examples that I remember. Uh, one is a Dutch lady, she came here with her husband, so he came for a job, she wasn't sure what to do during her time, so decided to see if she can learn some Chinese. She loved it. She went from nothing to, like, let's say, if you're familiar with HSK to HSK5, mm -hmm. then they moved to Suzhou and she's managing a factory, completely in Chinese. Right. We had some journalists who came here with no Chinese and, you know, they would work only using English with a translator and now, you know, they can do their interviews in Chinese. So. A lot of interesting stories. Uh, a good friend of mine, actually, he came here with no Chinese and he started a real estate business after studying with us. So in theory, you must be killing now. This is the best time for online classes. True or false? True. Okay. So if you compare uh, July of 2020 to July to 2019, what's the rise look like? What's the curve look like? I would say it's comparable. It's not better or worse because don't forget that in February we started with the online from zero. But uh, I'm... For me, it's very good because imagine we built a completely almost new business right. from nothing in what, four or five months that at the moment is bringing just as much as what we were doing before with all of our offline stuff. Let's go back to when you and why you started this all. You are originally from St. Petersburg, Russia. Mm -hmm. From St. Petersburg at the age of eight, you moved to Israel, Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. And then 10 years ago or 12 years ago in 2009, right, you moved to China. Why did you start studying Chinese in Israel and why did you move to China and began to teach here Chinese to foreigners? What was the process like and what was the thought process like behind those actions? So I actually started learning Chinese completely by accident. Right. I was in university, I didn't like one of my two majors and I wanted to switch to a different major. And I was looking for something that would feel more practical and challenging. And I saw people in the library every day sitting and writing characters. And I thought, okay, you know what? Learning a new language that is a difficult language, or considered a difficult language, will give me something that I can actually use in the world. You know, it's like something that you can, it's tangible. So I started learning Chinese in university. I did kind of a degree, a bachelor's degree in Chinese studies. And during my studies, I came first to China just for a visit to see what it's like, because I didn't know anything besides what I was learning in university. And I came here for a summer for a couple of months and I completely fell in love. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I, I'm so fascinated by this place and the culture and the language and the landscapes and both like I was in Shanghai and like, you know, the skyscrapers and then, you know, the rice fields. And I was like, okay, I, as soon as I'm done with my studies, I'm going to, to move to China. But then I arrived here and I couldn't speak a word. Because I, I never spoke to anyone. There are no Chinese in Israel at the time. <laughs> yeah, but, but maybe yeah, I can Especially translate. coming and, and, and actually speaking Beijing Hua, right? Yeah. 
or even worse, uh, <laughs> yeah, even worse. I was in Shanghai, and they speak. You know, sometimes they switch to their own language. With Shanghai, Huan, I was like, exactly. well, what, what is where that? am I? Yeah, where what did I? I study in the past four years? <laughs> exactly. My point was okay. I come here, and I want to study more. So I did three more semesters in China, in one small university in Beijing, in Donghua University in Shanghai, and then Tsingdao University in Tsingdao. And all universities are considered quite good universities, but here when I was studying. The classes were very much the teacher is speaking and you're taking notes. Even the spoken Chinese class, what it actually meant is that you have a book that is called spoken Chinese. Yeah, but none of it actually. But it wasn't <laughs> resounded in, in the class, right? Exactly. And for me, this is not what language teaching is all about. For me, learning a language is one you learn kind of stuff that helps you in your everyday life or helps you, let's say, in your job. So let's say you are now already doing business, so learn things that have to do with your business. And if you just moved to China, you need to learn how to talk to your neighbor or buy things in a shop. And you need to have a lot of practice in class, you need to speak a lot. And it needs to kind of build up the speaking abilities because that's what most people want to do. And I didn't really get it, not in my studies in Israel and not in my studies here in China. So that was kind of my main motivation of like, okay, you know what, let me try to do something a little bit different. But it's one thing mm. to come here, to experience life, to actually study a little bit of Chinese and completely another thing to start a business. Tell me about the process of beginning a business in China, especially in the field of education. Mm. And tell me uh, what your first five years looked like, especially the difficulties that you faced. I was lucky to be young and stupid enough to not think too much when I was starting the business. So I didn't really... Lesson number one, be young and stupid. <laughs> and don't think too much. Because <laughs> yeah. when, when you're young and stupid, you're like, okay, I'm starting a business, right? That's it. And then you just find out what are the process, how do you register? And At the time, my Chinese friend was helping me. We looked online. We literally, we're just looking online. Okay, I want to start. Where do I go? So, you know, we went to... The Dongcheng Bureau of Commerce, because this is where you need to go to register a business. And we literally went there and I was like, I want to start a business. Nobody goes there. Everybody. I went there. <laughs> and I was like, so what do I need to do? Okay. And they, I think at the time, even now, like foreigners don't actually go to those places. Exactly. They hire an agent. They hire an yeah. agent. But uh, I didn't... I didn't have a, a lot of money. I also I wanted to save a little bit. And I was thinking, oh, what's the problem? I'll just go and I'll yeah. do it myself. So... They were extremely nice. Uh, like I was getting a lot of help in Beijing from government officials all along the way. They were kind of guiding me. Okay, so you know, giving me this long list of things that I need to do, and kind of you know, first to number uh, you need to come up with a, with a name. You need to open a Chinese right. uh, like you need to open a bank account. You need to, at the time you had to transfer money from abroad into a Chinese bank account because you you, you actually registered a Wufi. I registered a Wufi. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You, you finished Footwork. with the registration and then you actually started the business. I was doing it at the same time. Right. I, you already had students. I, you know, I, kind of, I had the space because you need to have a space to register a business on. This space? This space. Okay. Part of the registration, you need to have the space, but the registration is not over then. So it's still going on, right. you're registering, but I already have the space, I'm paying rent. And I asked them at the Bureau of Commerce, what happens if I already start? And they're like, yeah, yeah of course, you know, as long as you're in the process of registration, Nobody would care. And that's 2009, yeah. I moved here, I moved to China early 2008. And with a business, I've started already late 2009, we started the process of registration. So early 2010, we started having our first classes here. Mm -hmm. What's it's your favorite restaurant of, uh, here? Oh, I have 
quite I have a lot of uh, favorite restaurants here. what is the one that you go to and you know what you order and the owner knows you so there's one I've recently been going to it's uh, a little kind of barbecue place five minute walk from, like north from here I once criticized them that their cucumber dish that I really like wasn't fresh enough mm. and since I've done it every time like the very old father of the owner he shouts from behind and he's like, the cucumbers are fresh today. <laughs> so you started 10 years ago. You had one or two or three, five students, right? Mm. But you already had the cost of a rent. Probably uh, it was 50 or 70% less than what the cost is right now. But nevertheless, you had a lot of cost. Mm. So how long was it, uh, did it take you for you to uh, get your money back, to get the ROI back? Honestly, it was a bit of, uh, it was like a roller coaster. We had periods when already quite early on where we're doing quite well but then I wouldn't be very careful with my costs and I would maybe hire too many people and then there wasn't enough income coming in and then it failed again so basically I had a lot of struggle to survive was and there a point when you said I better quit uh, more than once not because I didn't believe in myself but because I was tired and I was like okay so what's 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 the point you know it's kind of I've been doing this and it's not completely working how I want it to work and I'm just tired and let's just, you know, go do something else or find a job mm -hmm. and I, I had those moments. What did you actually do in order to overcome those type of moments? It's kind of funny. My low moments, um, like mentally, were not when the business was doing extremely bad. Mm. When the business is doing very bad, I don't think. I go and I just, I do everything myself. I had a period when it's like for six months, I couldn't afford any admin personnel, so I was doing everything. I was here from 7 in the morning till 10 in the evening, pretty much 7 days a week. My moment going down was more after that was over, and the business is now already okay, and I was like, okay, so what now? I'm tired, I've been working so hard, so it's more when I have those moments to think, but it's not a moment of growth, and things are kind of just okay, that's when I get a little bit low. So it's, it's, it's not when we're doing very bad. When you're doing bad, you're on a cruise control. Exactly. I, I'm, I'm, I'm working now. So everybody says that China is number two language in the world to study right yeah. now. Do the numbers agree with that premise? Yes and no. Majority of people who study Chinese, they study it before coming to China. That's one. And two, more than 90% of foreigners speaking China speak zero Chinese. Not basic Chinese, zero Chinese. In Shanghai, we see it very strongly. Yeah? So for me, kind of my, I see my job as kind of educating people that... It's a fun language to learn. Actually, the beginning is very, very easy. Kind of to get your basics of just having those basic conversations is an easy thing to do. It's not a scary thing to do because the grammar is very, very simple in Chinese. Because the second you start speaking, you're like, hey, this is amazing. I'm speaking Chinese. It's true. It's like, Mom, look at me. Exactly. <laughs> Hear me say, uh, exactly. What is Beijing for you? Home, I think. What is home? Uh, home is, you know, where my roots are, you know, my friends, my partner, uh, my connections, kind of, you know, my favorite coffee shop, all of it is here right now. Is Beijing a hutong or is Beijing guomao? Everything. It's like, I personally love the hutongs, this is kind of my base, but I go out of this base, you know, I go to all parts of the city, but I, I like coming here in the evening and having this kind of village atmosphere and knowing my neighbors and going to my little kind of hutong restaurants.